what's up? My name is Grace, and thanks for tuning in to the GT Young Adults Podcast. We're a community, a part of GT Church in Victoria, BC. We love Jesus and have a passion to learn and live like Him and have a ton of fun doing it. All of the messages and conversations you find here will point you to His truth and His hope, so lean into whatever God wants to speak to you today. Enjoy what you're about to hear, and thanks for listening. everybody. Good to see you. Glad that you're here. And there we go. I fixed it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, my name's Adam. So happy to be here. Uh, I'm the GT West Shore campus pastor now, which is really, really exciting. And it's actually my first time. It's my first time preaching back here since we launched. And so it's, it feels pretty exciting. It's been, it's been a long while since, I, since I've been over here. And uh, you know, it's been really exciting to see what God's been doing in the West Shore. We, we thought we were hopeful to launch with like 50 to 80 people. And uh, we had 320 on our first launch. And we've maintained that 300 number, which is like super exciting. And uh, it's not really about the numbers, but we've had 47 people get saved. And uh, that's exciting to me. Um, literally every single person I've invited to the church has given their heart to the Lord. Um, Kids from my, our parents from my kids' soccer team, where I was like, hey, you should come and check out what, what, like what God's doing here at the church thing. That we're just launching this church. You should check it out. And they came. They give their hearts to the Lord. My mom comes. Give her hearts to the Lord. What? Um, like people like are giving their hearts to the Lord. We had one guy come in, scared to walk into the building, um, into the auditorium, like, like just so nervous. You can see that he was kind of shaken and all, all, all riled up. And I said to him, hey, what's, what's going on? Like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? And he said, I can't go in there. My uh, my wife, she she died in a car accident just outside those windows there, right on the, right on the side of the road, and uh, I, I can't even imagine going in there. But I feel drawn to this place this morning. I said, "Man, you were in the right spot. Let me pray for you." And so we prayed together, sat through the service, gave his heart to the Lord. The guy the guy gives his heart to the Lord, and and it's been just absolutely phenomenal seeing. God move, and uh, it, it's cool, and uh, I, I'm so excited that you're here tonight, and I am really thankful that God is real, like just like super pumped, like like this Christianity thing that we all believe in isn't just um, like a worldview or like a, some kind of cute like little philosophy or just some, some kind of way of living, but like Jesus is real, and when you pray, he hears you. When we worship and we sing songs, like, it wasn't just singing. Like, he, he was hearing that. And uh, my encouragement for you tonight, as I've been praying for you, is that, that you would open your heart to receive from God. Maybe something new. Maybe something special. Maybe, maybe something, maybe there's areas in your heart where you're like, no, 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 God, I don't open that spot to you. Uh, I, I encourage you to do that tonight. I remember about 15 years ago, I went to a church service at Colwood Pentecostal Church. hey another West Shore church. We're we crushing it in the West Shore. That's what we're doing. And, uh, and so I go to this church, and uh, at that season of my life, I was crushed. Like, like my wife and I, we were going through a real hard season. We had uh, just found, we'd just lost our baby. We, had, we were pregnant, and uh, we, had, we miscarried, and we were just, just absolutely devastated. Um, work was hard. Life was hard. Ministry was hard. Trying to make sense of things. My heart was hard. And, and we were just in this kind of like frustrated, empty zone, trying to hold it all together. But on the inside, just kind of like, God, where are you? 
And we heard of this, this special meeting that was happening, this conference thing that was happening in Colwood. And so, so we went to the church service. And, and it, it was just like tonight. That's why I, I, as I was preparing the sermon, I preached the same sermon in the morning. But when I wrote the sermon, I was thinking of you tonight, thinking very specifically about this moment. Because it was like this time. 7 o'clock at night, 6.30 at night, I'm coming to the service, and I'm jaded, I'm frustrated, I'm hurting, and I said, God, I just want to hear from you. I want to receive something from you. I need you, Lord. In some way, please show up. And he did. And he met me right in that pew, and he spoke right to my heart so, just so sweetly. It wasn't overly mystical. It was just very, very real and exactly what I needed in that moment, this kind of comfort this kind of just security, this safety, this sense of just, just peace in my heart. And he gave me a word that day. He said, Adam, you, you want to know how to do this Christian thing? You, know, you want to know what, how to do it? Like you've been overcomplicating it. It's this. Listen to Jesus and do what he says no matter what. And so then we made that our family motto, my wife and I. And for the last 15 years, that's just what's been, been driving every decision that we make, every, everything that we do. And as we're preparing for tonight, I'm thinking, oh man, Lord, what if you came and you spoke to each one of us individually? Like, like worship was great. Josh, team, you guys, this was awesome. And, and, and I'm hoping that, that, that this, this, this sermon is helpful for you. But what I'm really praying for for you is that as individuals, each person, regardless of whatever brought you here tonight, that you would have a very genuine, very real encounter with the Lord. And uh, tonight's communion. So I hope you got your communion emblems. We're going to do this together at the end. And uh, so hold on to those. Don't eat them now. It would be weird. And, uh, but, but we'll hold off. Hold off. We don't want to judge you. Just kidding. We won't do that. But uh, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter 10. Because in, in Mark chapter 10, we're going to hear the story of Bartimaeus and his kind of story of, of getting healed and, and, and life, this life-changing kind of spiritual breakthrough moment in his life. And what I love about GT is that we, 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 we are all about the spiritual moment, that, that, that experience. If you said to me, Adam, why are you a Christian today? I'd say, because I've had experiences with God. I've had encounters with God. I know God is real because I've felt him. And that is my prayer for you. And that's not unique to us and our church. It's not unique to Christianity. It, it's, uh, I mean, like um, the church as we see it now. But it's all, all throughout the Bible. We see people having encounters, moments with God. And that's my prayer for you is that we would all have that encounter today too. So Mark chapter 10, story of Bartimaeus. We're going to answer one of Jesus' super hot questions just shortly. But verse 46, let's start off with these words. It says, Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed behind him. And a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting there on the road. Now there's something very spiritually significant about Bartimaeus. Something significant about the fact that, that he's actually named. Because if you actually, if you go through the Bible and you look through the different stories and references of people being healed, not everybody is getting a shout out. It's just like, this person got healed of this, this person got healed of that. But here we have Bartimaeus. And not only does it give us his first name, it also gives us this super awkward descriptor. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus. They all start with B. <laughs> This blind beggar named Bartimaeus. Imagine that was your descriptor. This is my friend Jackson. He works at the church. This is my friend Bartimaeus. He's a blind beggar. This is my friend. Like, like that's awkward. That's an awkward descriptor. That's how they describe him. 
And I think there's a metaphor in there for all of us tonight. Because there's a piece of all of us that can relate to this. We're all blind beggars in a way. Spiritually speaking, we're, 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 we were blind beggars looking for our next meal, trying to figure out how to, how to actually figure out this whole life thing. And along came Jesus, who came and met us where we're at, and, and changed everything. Verse 47. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus! Son of David, hey, hey, stop, 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 stop. Have mercy on me. Of course, everybody's like, come on, Bartimaeus, you're making a scene. <laughs> what, are you, what, what, what are you doing? And if you're taking notes tonight, and I hope, you, I hope you are, you better be taking notes. Jesus is watching. If you're taking notes tonight, if you want to have a spiritual breakthrough, Okay, how do I have a spiritual breakthrough? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Number one, you call out to Jesus. That's where you have your spiritual breakthrough moment. It's Jesus. It's not through, it's not through some sort of enlightenment, some kind of fancy meditation, some kind of just like peaceful, peaceful, if I can just get into nature and, and have this, this, this moment. Like these are all, 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 all can all be precious in, in certain ways. But if you, want to, if you want to get to the core of what's going on here and really experience that kind of shift, this supernatural shift, then that spiritual breakthrough only comes through Jesus. If you want to have a spiritual breakthrough, we call on Jesus. And, and we see Bartimaeus do that. All of a sudden, Jesus walks in. And he'd heard the rumors, he'd heard the stories, he'd heard about this Jesus who was healing people who claimed to be the Son of God. And, and, and he heard the ruckus, he can't see anything, he's just, just hearing, and he's hearing the murmurs, and he's hearing the noise and the commotion, and Jesus is coming, and he just, he just springs up, Jesus, wherever you are, Jesus, have mercy on me, Son of David. And something takes place inside of him where all of a sudden, instead of begging from people for money, he starts begging from Jesus to have his attention. And my question for you tonight is, are you willing to step out of your comfort zone in order to encounter Jesus? Because your comfort zone could potentially be the number one thing that is holding you back from a spiritual breakthrough tonight. Verse 48, not just comfort zones we gotta worry about, it's people. People come into this story now. So before it was just Jesus and Bartimaeus. But, but, but his peers, they, they, start, they start shouting, be, 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 be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. What, what are you doing? Don't, why are you making such a scene? You don't, don't, go, don't bother Jesus. What are you doing, blind begging Bartimaeus? quiet. And what we see in this is something very profound. It says sometimes the people who are closest to us can be our biggest hurdle, our biggest, our, our biggest opposition. Sometimes it's the people who are closest to us. Sometimes it's our friends. I just want to fit in. 
I don't. I want to be Christian, but not like too Christian. You know what I mean? I want to be like super Christian, like weird Christian. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna get a bumper sticker or something. I'm not that Christian, but I want to be like Christian enough. I want Christian enough to like fit in, but not Christian enough to stand out. And there's something really profound in that statement. Like, like, like let's be let's be super real. Like who's influencing who in your in your friendship circles, right? Are you influencing them? Or are they influencing you? Like, what, what does that look like? I remember, well, I, didn't be, I didn't grow up as a Christian. And I remember there was a moment in my life where I, I had this, like, kind of, like, standalone realization where I'm like, whoa, some of my friends are making me do some stupid, stupid stuff. And, and I have to evaluate what I'm doing here. And, and for some of you, you, you may have to evaluate that. Like, you may literally be dating somebody that you know you should not be dating. Because as much as you love them, you just get stupid every time you get together. Who are your friends? Who's your, who, are, you, are you satisfied with your circle? Are you happy with the life you're living right now? Because these people that are, that are close to Bartimaeus, he, he's calling out to Jesus, and these people, these people right around him, the people closest to him are like, will you just please be quiet? Bartimaeus, you're causing a scene. You're, you're making us look bad. I love this. The second part of verse 48. What, how does he respond? He only yells louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. Please. Please. And if you want to have a spiritual breakthrough, first of all, we call on Jesus, Right? But number two, what we got to do is we got to learn how to push through opposition. Some of you, you give up too fast. You know exactly what God's calling you to do, but you've been giving up too quick. Not willing to pay the cost. Not willing to step out. Like, no, 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 no. I want to, I want to, I want to, but, but, but not, not, not right now. And sometimes that, that opposition, quite honestly, comes in the form of status quo. Right? Like we wouldn't typically articulate it this way, but one thing I love to point out is that using status quo as the baseline for your spiritual fervency is a terrible idea. It's always a bad idea. If you just look around the room and tell yourself, well, as long as I'm like the most Christian person in this moment, then I'm doing pretty good. If I can just sing the loudest or, 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 or pray the loudest. Or, or, or give the most, or, or, or read the most Bible out of my friend's circle, as long as I'm doing better than everybody else, and then I'm, do, I'm doing pretty good. And what happens is we inadvertently put the ceiling on our faith, this, this kind of, this culture cap, where we're like, okay, okay, this is good enough, this is good, because I'm doing better than everyone else, and so therefore I must be doing great. But everyone else was never meant to be the standard. Jesus is the standard. And Jesus is calling you to live and look different. I love this. Verse 49. When Jesus hears him, okay? When Jesus hears him, he, he, he stopped what he was doing. And he said, go tell him to come here. Guys, I love that. The very people who at one moment were telling him to stop... Jesus looks at those people and says, hey, yo, 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 yo. Don't tell him to stop. Tell him to, tell him to come here. 
Notice the difference. Status quo tells the beggar to be quiet. But Jesus heard the beggar and said, come. You see, you all thought this verse, this, this little story was about Bartimaeus' healing. This has less to do with Bartimaeus being healed and everything to do with Jesus calling Bartimaeus. The blind beggar, son of Timaeus, that guy. That guy that the world rejected. That guy who didn't fit in the, in the, in the church crowd. That guy who, who stood out. That guy who stunk. That guy who, who, who didn't belong. That guy, that's the one that Jesus said, come. There's something very, very profound in that. This is quite possibly the most frustrating part of the story. It says, so they, they called the blind man up. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Like, like the, the irony of that moment is almost infuriating. One minute, these people are saying, stop it, be quiet, you don't belong here. Jesus comes, he's like, what are you talking about? He totally belongs here. I'm like, oh, sorry, Jesus. Come, what are you doing? Cheer up, bro. Like, you're in the right spot. Like, you're doing everything right. This is really good. These guys look like morons. But then I look at this, and I'm like, ugh. Sometimes that's totally me. Ugh, that's totally us sometimes. Status quo is a, a fickle friend. Ugh. See, living to appease the masses, living to appease the status quo is always going to sell you short. Because it's all just about conforming and being like everybody else. And that's never what Christianity was supposed to be about. You are called to be more than simply conformed to a Christian version of who you were. God is calling you to be transformed. You see, you, you know the Bible verse, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. This is literally one of the first Bible verses I ever, ever memorized as a kid, a young adult. Let's be honest, I was older. Verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. The NIV says don't, don't conform to the patterns of this world. But don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but instead be transformed. Let, it be our, instead let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Some of you have been running around, freaking out. God, what's, the, what's your will for my life? I'm never gonna figure this out. Will you please tell me? God, I don't wanna make a mistake. I don't wanna screw this up. I only got one life to live. What on earth do you want me to do? Well, this verse is, is speak, this is, this is for you, friends. It speaks right to you. You wanna know the will, will of God for your life? Romans chapter 12, verse two. Stop conforming to the behaviors and customs of this world. Don't worry about trying to be like everybody else. That's irrelevant. Who cares? Who cares? But let God transform you into a new person not by giving you big muscles or making you some kind of spiritual giant or, or, or giving you wings or like having you have some kind of like really great spiritual experience. And this is all, all really great stuff, but we sometimes look so heavenward for, for these transformations. But it says here, let him change you by, by, by changing the way that you think. Like it, it's actually way easier than you ever thought. God wants to transform you into a new person, new person by simply changing the way that you see the world. 
by just simply renewing your mind. It's powerful. Verse 50, Bartimaeus gets called by Jesus. He starts coming. First thing he does, and this is really, really, really important. He takes off his coat and he throws it on the ground. Says he threw aside his coat, he jumped up and he came to Jesus. And if you want a spiritual breakthrough type of moment, number one, we call on Jesus. Number two, we, we, we prepare to kind of deal with, with the opposition that comes, right? But number three, and this is critical that you understand this tonight, you need to let go of what's holding you back. You see, this cloak in so many ways represented his poverty. It represented his, his status. Uh, you, you would, in fact, you would wear the, these, these type of begging cloaks and then you would stick out in a crowd. People know who you were and what you were there for. And, and, and it was kind of a way to kind of segregate society in so many ways. And, and he takes off his coat and he throws it down. He's like, I don't want this old way of living. I don't, I don't want this to be my story anymore. Jesus, I want breakthrough. I want something new. So he takes off his coat and he throws it to the ground and he runs to Jesus. You see, there's an equation when it comes to spiritual breakthrough. You need to let go of something and then God gives you something new. You let go of something first though. Maybe you lay down your agenda, your expectations. Maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a habit or or a hurt. You fill in the blank, but you take that and you lay it down and you don't pick it back up and you ask God to come and fill that void and say, God, show me what it looks like to be a man of God. Show me what it looks like to be a woman of God. Show me what it looks like to be Christian in in 2022 when society is going bonkers. Show me how to live this out. It's an an exchange. My rabbi, this is his answer. So so Bartimaeus, he throws down his coat and he runs to Jesus. And he says, my rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. You see, once he throws down his coat and he comes there and he's standing right in front of Jesus, Jesus asks him an an extraordinarily profound question. And this is the question that we want to land on tonight. Jesus looks him in the eyes, which is almost ironic because he he can't see anything. And he looks him in the eyes and he says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? I believe this is a question that isn't just for Bartimaeus this evening. But it's like, it's like the creator of the heavens and the earth is in this room tonight. And he's speaking to you exactly where you're at in this moment, in that pew. And he's asking you the same question. What do you want me to do for you? Why are you, why are you here? Like, have you stopped to think about that? Why are you on this planet? Why are you in Victoria right now? What what made you on May 1st come to the 6th? Why are you sitting there? Why are you listening to me? 
And just imagine just for a moment, Jesus, Jesus in this room with you right now. You can ask him anything in the world. And he speaks to your soul. And he says, listen, what do you want me to do for you? Some of you may say, yeah, yo, 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 I'm great. <laughs> I'm fine. I don't, I don't need anything. And that's awesome. I'm just glad that you're here. It's great. But for some of you tonight, the possibility of you experiencing a very real spiritual breakthrough, it's high. It's very high. We just need to let something go and ask God to fill it with something new. So Bartimaeus says, my rabbi, my rabbi, I want to see. I want to see, that's all I want. And if you want a spiritual breakthrough tonight, that is the golden answer. Ask God to open your eyes. You know, in so many ways, that is such a fascinating response that he lays down there. My rabbi, I want to see because it actually speaks to his, his spiritual condition a little bit. Like, like there was, there's, there's elements of faith even in that statement. He's acknowledging Jesus as, 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 as teacher, as, as Lord. He's like, 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 hey, 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 hey. Like, I, I have faith in you. I have faith in you, Jesus, but I just can't see clearly right now. And I remember 10 years ago, I went to, to Edmonton and I moved there. And I had to get a driver's test done. And when I did my driver's test, they, they made me do the eye exam. And I did the eye exam. And I failed it. And they're like, you can't see anything, man. I'm like, what are you talking about? I can see just fine. It's like, no, you need to go get your eyes checked. And I'm like, what? I can see? Like, I, I can see perfectly fine. You're blurry. Everybody's blurry. That's how people see. And she's like, no, no, no. You need to go get your eyes. You need glasses. I'm like, oh. And I put glasses on. I'm like, What? I can see. This is crazy. But the most amazing part of that story is that I thought this was clear vision. And for some of you, sure, you have a spiritual faith. Sure, you're here. You have a relationship with God. You do the church thing. But COVID's messed you up a bit. Life's rattled you. And things that you used to see clearly aren't so clear anymore. So coming to the Father and saying, God, help me to see again. Help me to see people the way you see people. Help me to see myself the way you see me. Help me to see the church from your perspective because I'm getting kind of jaded. Why do you love the church? You said that you died for the church. Why? I wouldn't. Help me to see the way you see, Lord. And it ends in verse 52. Jesus looks at Bartimaeus. And it says, And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. It doesn't say that as soon as he could see, he returned home, celebrated with his family, and went back to a life of begging. It says that, as soon as he could see, he, he, he left his cloak, he left his circle. He, he's like, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm following Jesus. 
I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to live different. And if you want to sustain that spiritual breakthrough, because many of you in this room, we've had these spiritual moments. We're like, yeah, Jesus, you're so real, yeah. Then we go back to living the same life we always live. Because somewhere along the line, we pick up the stuff that we laid down. And in this moment, we see Jesus heal this man. This man's like, you know what? I want to live different now. I'm going to follow you as a guy who can now fully see. So we're going to take communion tonight. And I'll invite the band up. And uh, I'll also give you the opportunity right now to to prepare yourself. Because these little suckers are hard to open. (laughs) Okay, so just peel off the top. Don't, don't eat anything yet. We're going to do this together. And I don't want you to miss this moment, so I, I want you to prepare for it. Because in these next few minutes, as we close the service, this is the moment we've been waiting for. This is that spiritual encounter, that spiritual breakthrough moment. As I said off the top, if you want to have a spiritual breakthrough, number one, we need to call out to Jesus. So here we're going we're gonna to take communion in a second. And this little cracker represents Jesus' broken body. This little cup of juice represents Jesus' shed blood. And what we're about to do is we're actually going we're gonna to eat these together and drink this together. We're going to consume it. And it's as if what we're doing in this very moment, we're saying, Jesus, you know all this faith stuff that we've been talking about and singing about and living and, and just like, like doing tonight? We want it in us. I want your message to be in me. I want your presence in me. And it's, it's like this really beautiful symbolism, real beautiful metaphor in some ways but in a very, a very real moment with the Lord that we're going to spend partaking of these two very special emblems together. So if you want a, a spiritual experience, now's your moment. I, I encourage you to, to almost forget about the people who are sitting beside you. And imagine just you're, you're, you're just in a room, just you... You and you and Jesus. In First Corinthians chapter eleven, the Apostle Paul writes, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord Himself. On the night he was betrayed or betrayed, the Lord Jesus, he took some bread. And he goes in to explain the moment of that 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 that, that Last Supper moment. And the lines on the night he was betrayed have always stuck out to me. Because we see this as a, a very spiritual experience, and it is very spiritual what we're about to do. Very sacred. But sometimes we forget that this very sacred moment came in a very, very stressful season for Jesus. He was betrayed that night. I want to talk opposition. Jesus knows what opposition's like. And sometimes, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I can go through life kind of selfishly being like, man, Lord, if you only knew what I was going through, you would have helped me by now. 
Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. He knows opposition. He knows what it feels like to be lonely, to be hurt. He knows what it feels like to feel abandoned, to feel lost. He knows what it feels like to, to see the people who are closest to you walk away. He knows pain. He knows it. It says, on the night that he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and then he gave thanks to God for it. He broke it into pieces and he said, this is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of, of me. So before we consume this piece of bread, I want you to remember something. Remember that Jesus died for you. Not just metaphor died, but literally died for you. Not just dying for the church, but if Jesus had to die in order for you to live and you're the only person on the planet, he still would have come. Jesus loved you before you even knew he was real. Before you even knew that God existed, God loved you. And he said, hey, there's gonna be a bunch of people in 2022 who are gonna gather at Glad Tidings Church on 1800 Quadra Street, and I die for each and every person in that room. My death on a cross mattered for now and forever. And when we come and we gather, the strength of Christianity isn't found in our worship services, isn't found in our gatherings, it's found in the cross of Christ. And that spiritual breakthrough moment comes when we just humbly stop and say, wow, Father, speak to us, speak to me. So Jesus died for you. And that's what I want you to do next. I want you to ask God what's been holding you back. And we'll wait in this moment just for a second because I love you too much. Because you can walk out of here free today, friends. I talked about that exchange that takes place for a spiritual breakthrough. Maybe you've been doing stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing. You've gotten caught up in the things that you shouldn't be caught up in. This is that moment. So God, I pray that you'd bring those things to mind right now. And this is the moment of revelation where we realize that God died for you knowing what that thing was. And so you can take that thing and leave it here. Just as Bartimaeus took off his coat and threw it down, you can take off your coat and throw it down as well. So say, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So I invite you to take that emblem, break it in half, and let's consume this together. In the same way, he takes the cup. Takes a cup of wine after supper and he says, this is the cup, a new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed by my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Before we consume this together, 
in so many ways. You want to know what this blood, or what this, what this cup represents? It represents Jesus saying, "Hey, I actually love you. I love you. The Creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who put the stars in the sky." the one who pulled up the mountains and he, and he poured out the water, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb, that Jesus, he looks at you, he says, I love you. I actually love you. And when he died on a cross, that wasn't just a, a Christian theology point. That was him stepping out and saying, son, daughter, I love you. And I don't want you to experience death. And so I'm gonna die in your place so that you can find life. And this shed blood of mine, I did it for you. So that way you could be free. And so let's, let's drink from this cup as Jesus commanded us to do in the scriptures here. For every time you eat this bread and you drink from this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Today was a very sacred moment. And you sustain this element of, of, of breakthrough. It's just this moment here by following Jesus and living different. Would you stand to your feet with me? I would love to pray for you. Then we're gonna wrap this sermon up or this evening up with one last song. But I believe with every fiber of my being that one, Jesus is real. I'm looking across this room and I see a bunch of humans and I also believe that you're real. <laughs> And the most beautiful thing in that picture is that there's a real God who loves the real you and has a real plan for your life. You got this. You got this because God's got you. You hear that little one? God's got you, bro. He got you. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're real. We thank you for the cross and everything it represents. We thank you that in you we have new life. We thank you that you call everybody, no matter what it is that we're going through, blind, beggar, Bartimaeus, whoever it is, God, you're calling us to you. So Jesus, I pray that as we leave here, we leave here knowing that you're real, that you're with us, and you got a plan for our life. The future is bright. We thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen.